Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 3. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Jesus said, Nick, take the wind. It blows where it wants. And you hear it, but you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. And so is everyone who is born of the spirit. Now, the word spirit means if you want to take notes, write this down. The word spirit means breath or wind. In Hebrew, it's ruach. R-U-A-C-H. Ruach. In Greek, it's pneuma. So the Holy Spirit could be called the breath or the wind of God. The Holy Spirit is often compared to the wind. Genesis 1, 2, the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Psalm 33, 6, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Acts 2, 2, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing, anybody know the rest? Mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, listen, It's totally appropriate that the Bible compares the Holy Spirit to wind because the wind is a powerful, life-changing force of nature. Think about it. The wind is is a transforming force. Write it down. The wind is a transforming force. The wind can transform your landscape. Constantly blowing, the wind will pick up dirt and sand and rocks and will transform the appearance of your property. They call it wind erosion. The wind is a power generating force. Think about it. Windmills have been used for thousands of years. They grind and they pump water and they move heavy, huge ships. The wind is a destructive force. I think of windstorms, tornadoes, hurricanes, hurricane winds. Hurricanes can move things that are unmovable. So for Jesus to use the example of wind is completely relatable. Here's Jesus' point. Jesus is trying to explain to Nicodemus the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, Nick, you can't see the wind, but you can see the effects of the wind. The same is true of the person who was born again. You can't see the regeneration process happening, but you can see the effects of what's happened. I'm a witness. You can't see salvation happening, but you can see the effects of what happens. January 22nd, I'm at the office. I'm in the military. I'll never forget. It was a Friday. And y'all heard the term cuss like a sailor. Uh, That was me. And, and I just, I, you know, I was in the military and the Navy and, you know, stationed with the Marine Corps and cussed like a sailor. I just blanket the blank, 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 blanket the blank, blank. Hey, how y'all blanket the blank, blank doing? And, uh, 
blank and blank. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all in church, y'all acting like y'all, y'all like, well, I just don't know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Let somebody cut you off on the freeway. We'll see you looking like a sailor. Okay. Anyways. And so I leave work on, you know, I see y'all blank and blank, blank Monday. And I left work. I left the office one way and one type of person in January 23rd, the next day, which was a Saturday, 1982, the wind of the Holy Spirit blew and something happened and I was saved. And I was born again. And January 25th, which would be a Monday, I came back to work and I looked the same. I still had a flat top. Y'all remember the flat tops? Some of y'all know the flat top. I had a flat, I had a nice flat top. I was still as good looking as ever. I still looked the same. Although something was different. Can I get a witness from somebody in this house? Although I'm going to wait while you clap your hands there. Something was different when the wind of the Holy Spirit blows over your life and over your spirit, you receive Jesus and you might not look the same. Sometimes, and sometimes you don't look the same. Let me take that back. Sometimes you don't look the same. If you're seeing people that give their life to Christ, it's something in the eyes. It's something right here. You don't look the same. And you don't talk the same. And somebody once said, and the places I used to go, come on, saints, help me. The places I used to go, I don't go no more. And the things I used to do, I don't do no more. Because there's a change in your life. Am I right about it? And, 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 and your tone, and your tone is different. Your tone is different. When you become a Christian, don't you get it? Everything changes. For if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation, and old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. And that's why I will tell you, when somebody tells me that they became a Christian and they really are born again, I expect to see a change. And if I don't see a change, then I have no choice but to conclude, y'all pray for me, I have no choice but to conclude that you are not a Christian. Because if you are a Christian, there will be a change. Somebody say amen. It ain't that hard, people. We make it more difficult than it needs to be. Thank you, sister. (laughs) At least I know somebody listening. That's right. There's a change that takes place in your life. And there was a song that the words went like this today. I ran into a crowd that I used to hang around. I told them that the world and I no longer could agree. And when they asked me why this was my reply there's been a change a change in me that old man you knew before he's gone forevermore he's been covered by the blood shed on calvary i'm a brand new man i've been touched by god's hand there's been a change a change in me there's been a change a change in me oh i'm not that one that i used to be Old things have passed away since Christ has set me free. There's been a change. There's been a change in me. Isn't that right? There's been a change in me. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands there. 
There's a change. And I read this story of this Christian in England who was uh, asked to sign a church guest register. And he noticed several people had signed the register and put the letters of their degree after their name. And he wanted to put some letters after his name, but he had never been to university. And so he wrote John Smith, B-A-M-A. And what the letter stood for, asked what the letter stood for, he said, John Smith, born again, marvelously altered. I love that, love that, love that. Because when God comes in your life, your life changes in so many ways and you're marvelously altered. I'm not telling you something I think. I'm not telling you something I heard. I'm telling you something I experienced. January 23rd, 1982, I am telling you, the sky was blue. And you say, so what? Sky was blue. Yes, so what, pastor? Sky was blue. Well, to me, that was a big deal. Because I never saw a blue sky before because I'd been on drugs since I was nine years old. And when you start doing drugs at nine years old, there's a haze over your eyes. You don't see anything like it is. And I saw that brown dirt. I started crying because I saw brown dirt. Grown man crying because of brown dirt. I never saw it before. It's been a change. Born again, marvelously altered. That's me. Verse 9 through 13, Nicodemus is scratching his head. Are y'all getting this? Still figuring out what? Y'all getting anything out of this? Still figuring out what Jesus is talking about? Look at verse 10. Jesus said, you're a teacher in Israel and you don't know these things? What things? The things that Nicodemus should know is what Ezekiel and Jeremiah, write it in your margins, what Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Isaiah is talking about concerning the new birth and the new covenant. Jesus says, Nick, you should know exactly what I'm talking about. Throughout the Old Testament, there are statements about the new birth, statements about a new beginning, statements about a new creation, statements about a new life that would come as a gift of God to those who humbly, uh, without pride, receive it. And it's true. If you're talking to someone and they're not getting it, you probably just walk away and say, forget it. You're not getting it. Or you might say, listen, go get born again and come back. Jesus isn't like that. Say amen. Amen. Jesus is patient. Say amen. Jesus is long-suffering. Say amen. And he's enduring. Look at verse 12. Jesus had taken Nicodemus as far as he can, as far as he can with explanation. And Jesus said, if I told you earthly things, the wind illustration, and you don't get it, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Jesus is saying, you keep pressing me for deeper explanation about the new birth, but the natural heart cannot ascend to this kind of truth. Did you hear me? The natural heart cannot ascend to this kind of truth. That's why when you're talking to some people and they don't really know God and they're not born again, they don't get it. And the reason they don't get it, because the natural heart cannot ascend to this kind of truth. Because it's spiritual. And that which is spiritual is spiritually discerned. Am I right about it? 
That's what 1 Corinthians 2.14 tells us exactly that. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Nicodemus, you can't, with your natural mind, ascend to this kind of truth. Well, in verse 13 through 15, Jesus says, let me give you one more picture. A snake on a pole. Verse 13 is a shift in the conversation. You might want to put that in your margins. It's a shift in the conversation. Before verse 13, Jesus was talking like a teacher, talking about the new birth, talking about being born again. Now in verse 13, Jesus starts taking or talking about himself, not as a teacher who tells people to be born again, but as a son, as the son of man from heaven who came to do something that makes the new birth possible. Look at verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the world, you're looking at verse 14, say amen. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be what? Lifted up. Now Jesus is quoting and talking about referencing Numbers 21, 4 through 9. Okay, third service, you get a freebie because I couldn't do this first and second. I'm going to read this now. Uh, Numbers 21, 4 through 9. I have it for you on the screen. This is what Jesus is talking about. Then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? Isn't that just like us? Say amen. You know that's you. For there's no food and no water out here, and our soul loathes this worthless bread. How you going to call manna from heaven worthless bread? So the Lord, in verse 6, sent fiery serpents among the people because they were complaining. Y'all getting that? Sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and many of the people of Israel died. Therefore, the people came to Moses, and they said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Moses prayed to the Lord that he may take away the serpents from us. And so Moses prayed for the people, and then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent. God said, Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who is bitten... Somebody read this with me. When he looks at it shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent. He put it on a pole. And so it was. If a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked, when he did what? Looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Listen, the story of the serpents in the camp of Israel has many stories, actually, And many lessons in it. It's the story of sin. If you're taking notes, write it down. Numbers 21 is the story of sin for a nation who rebelled against God. It's a story of judgment because of their sin of unbelief. God punished Israel. God sent fiery serpents into the camp that bit the people. So many died. It's a story of grace. As Moses interceded for the people and God provided a cure, a remedy, a brass serpent on a pole. And if they would look to the serpent, they would be saved and be healed. It's the story of faith. When the people looked at the pole, by faith, they were saved. Now listen to me close. Stay tuned. 
Oftentimes, serpents are used as a picture of evil in the Bible. Moses' serpent in Numbers 21 was made of bronze, and bronze is a metal. Bronze is associated with judgment in the Bible because bronze has to pass through the fires of judgment. So here, a bronze serpent does not speak of sin, but of sin judged. The Bible says, Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us that we might be made what? The righteousness of God. Our sin was judged in him. A bronze serpent is a picture of sin judged and dealt with. So Jesus is pointing out to Nicodemus, Nick, this is a picture of me. Numbers 21 is a picture of me. Jesus was made sin for us and was lifted up on the pole or on the tree to die. And if anyone will look up to the pole, they will live and be born again. And if they refuse to look up and believe, they will die in their sin. Simple as that. John 12, 32, write it down. Jesus said, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. And I'm sure in numbers, there were those rockheads who would say, you know, that's stupid and refuse to look at the pole because they didn't understand. They didn't believe. There are people today who will tell you they don't want to become a Christian because they don't understand and they don't believe. Think about it today. That serpent on a pole has become an emblem of the medical profession, hasn't it? I used to wear, I was in the military, I used to wear one I, on this collar here. We had the, uh, the hospital corps insignia, and it was a, a pole with a serpent wrapped around it. It's an emblem of the medical profession. Now watch this, you're going to love it. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 tells us, cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree. Jesus became a curse so that we could be healed. Say thank you, Jesus. Later, that serpent on a pole would become a symbol of our healing. Isn't that interesting? This is what Jesus does. He reverses the curse. You see that? The solution to the serpent's problem was not in killing the serpent. The solution to the serpent problem wasn't in pretending they're not there. The solution to the serpent's problem wasn't passing an anti-serpent law. The solution to the serpent's problem wasn't climb the pole. The solution to the serpent problem was faith. Looking by faith at the uplifted serpent. One solution, one way. And don't forget this. The people were not saved by doing anything. Listen to me. The people were not saved by doing anything. The people were saved by simply looking at the bronze serpent. They had to trust that something that seemed so foolish would possess the power and would be sufficient to save them. And it's interesting because people are willing to do a hundred things to earn their salvation, but God commands us to do one thing, and that is trust in him. Verse 16, of the 31,373 verses in the Bible, John 3.16 is the most popular single verse in the scriptures. We're going to talk about it next time, but listen. John 3.16, listen how it ties in, okay? 
John 3.16 flat out answers the question from verse 4 and verse 9, how can these things be? John 3.16 answers that. How can these things be? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. How can a man be born a second time? How can a man be born of the spirit? How? Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And if you or I, listen to me, I'm coming in for a landing. If you or I will simply look up to Jesus, put our faith and our trust in Jesus and look up to him, we too will be saved. You know, the one thing I love about, come on, clap your hands and say amen. Come on. One of many things I love about God is God doesn't leave us to our own devices. God doesn't leave you to figure it out. Like, you know, God doesn't leave you. God's not like, let's make a deal. You know, door number one, door number two, or door number three, which one do you pick? That is not God. God has always said one way. One way. The serpents biting people. Moses, pray for us. Okay, but there's one way for you to be healed. And what is that? Look up. Here we are 2,000 years later, and God is still saying the same thing. There's one way for you to be healed from your sin sickness, and that is to look up. And if you refuse to look up, you will not be healed. God doesn't leave you to guess. He tells you. And the same message is all the way through Scripture from the beginning to the end. If you want to be saved, you got to look up. If you want to be healed, you got to look up. If you want to be blessed, you got to look up. Somebody need to be saying amen, clapping your hands and doing something because you should be happy. You should be happy. Look up. I says, look up. He doesn't leave you to guess one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. One way. No man comes to the Father but by me. One way. Well, I don't like that. So? I don't agree with that. And your point is, well, I want there to be another way. Well, people in the hot place want ice water. I can keep going. God loves you so much. More than you know. He loves you more than you know. He loves you so much that he makes it very, very clear. It's one way to get to heaven. For God so loved the world that he gave one way. If there was another way, God would have gone that way. Jesus himself acknowledged that there was one way. What are you talking about, Willis? Jesus himself acknowledged it when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Don't you remember? And he was praying and he said, Father, if it be possible, he said, let this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, now my will, talking about the cup of suffering, the cup of, you know, what, what he's going to go through. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. It was Jesus himself who did not listen. Jesus didn't want to go to the cross. He did not want to. He wanted to go another way. He wanted God the Father to figure out something else. But there was no other way. 
And the fact that Jesus actually did go to the cross is proof positive to every single one of us that there was no other way for men to be saved except through the blood shed of the Son of God. Because if there were another way, then the Son of God and God the Father would have went that way. There's one way. One way. There's always been one way. Not door number one, two, or three. Not a why in the road, like which way should I go? I don't know. Should I go left or go? Follow God. Do what God tells you to do. Next week, we're going to talk about John 3.16. Fascinating. Fascinating, fascinating verse. I actually preached this verse um, at Easter, I think. It was last year. Did I preach John 3.16? Just that one verse? Okay. 25 words I said or something I called it. And um, I'm going to preach it again. Amen. It's going to be better than this last time, so y'all better show up. I'm finna bring it. I'm finna bring it. Seven wonders of John 3.16. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.